Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Let's start from the Mishnah, top Mishnah, Samachtal Raman Aleph. Kidashti SBT. There's another Girsa Haktano. It's brought in the riff and the rush. The man says, I accepted Kidushin for my daughter, who's a minor. Kidashtia Vigirashtia, Kishihiktano. I accepted Kidushin and the the get, so she was married and divorced mm-hmm. when she was a minor. Viharehiktano and he makes this declaration while she is yet a minor, Nama, he is believed. This the whole story is accepted. Kidashtia Vigirashtia Kishiktano. If he says the same story, she is a young girl, and I accepted Kiddushin for her, she's married, and then I accepted the get from her husband, and she was divorced, but now when he's telling us the story, she's already an adult, he is no longer believed. Nishbis If she was captured, and he said he says the father claims she was captured and I ransomed her, I redeemed her. Bain Shiktano, Bain Shikdola, Enonamon. It doesn't matter when the story is presented, whether he says that happened when she is yet a minor, or he tells us this after she's already an adult, either way, he does not have Namonas, he is not to be believed for the consequences of this story. Regardless. Let's see Rashi. Girashtiha. Kibalti as gita. And I divorced her, meaning I received her bill of divorce. Vare hiktana. And she is a minor when he tells us the story. Arshav now, kish omra lakach. When he says concerning her that this is what transpired. Namon, he is believed. Leposlomenekuna. To invalidate her from the priestly status. She's ineligible for the kahuna viharehi gedola if the same story is presented by the father when she's already an adult. Mishegadla amakain from when she grew up is when he said that. Ubikatnusa lo amar and he never told us this when she was still a minor. Enonamon he is not believed. Umuteres coin and she is permitted to marry a coin. Cohen is not allowed to marry a woman who is divorced. And the claim that that's exactly her status must be presented when the father is empowered to marry her off and receive her get, to affect that status. He tells us that it happened afterwards. He is no longer eligible to present that story and be believed. Nishbis, that she was, that the father tells a story that she was abducted, she is ineligible to marry a coin. She's invalidated from the priestly status because of suffix zona, because we don't know what happened to her in the course of the abduction. And the Gemara is going to explain, Gemara the first time, why we have a difference between the case cases where the father is believed and over here, it doesn't matter whether she's a minor or an adult. The father has no namonis, is not believed concerning her status.
or the story of Nishbis Upidisia. Let's see the Gemara. Maishno Reisho, Maishno Seifa. What is the difference between the first part of the Mishnah and the concluding part of the Mishnah? Reisha biade. The first part of the Mishnah, it is within his hands. Rashi has a slightly different gear, so Reisha biado in his hands. While she is yet a minor, it is within the father's ability to marry her off to another and then to receive from the husband the get for his daughter and effect a divorce. Therefore, the father is believed. Therefore, the father is believed because there's a presumption that he's telling the truth, why should he lie if he's trying to achieve these results? He can easily do so unilaterally. So, so therefore that lends credence he ha- if he, she is still a minor. So he's able to go through this and invalidate her ability to uh, enter into the priesthood through, through marriage to become uh, an Isis Lakaim. So he has the ability to do that. Therefore, believe him when he says that this is what happened. Seifa la biyade. But in the concluding part of the Mishnah, it's not within the Father's hands. Lakacha mishigadla. The next part of the Mishnah, when he says the same story, but now she's already an adult, so he cannot accept unilaterally you know, Kedushin on her behalf. And the final part of the Mishnah, obviously, he is not able to deliver his daughter into captivity to become uh, captive to idolaters, not as an adult or as a minor. So there's no Nemonas there at all. There's no believability. He's not, we don't take his word about what happened as uh, definitive. Below, and is that really the case? Do we say that it's not biyade? He has no ability to affect the status. He has the ability to marry her off to a halal. A halal is the son of a kohen and a grusha. So if a kohen marries a woman who's divorced, instead of the son of that marriage being a Kohen, you don't say like father, like son. The son is a Cholol. He is of blemished lineage in a sense, is a Cholol. And since he could marry her off to a Cholol, that will also affect preventing her, invalidating her from the priesthood. So therefore, why did we say it's not Biyode, it's not in his hands? And therefore, he's not believed. We should say it is in his hands, and he should be believed. Rashi, He has the ability to marry her off to a Cholol, who is not a Kohen, and will invalidate her. I mean, his daughter will no longer be eligible for Kahuna if he received Kedushin from a Cholol for his daughter. To one who was born from an Almana, and a coin gadol, they only come on peric basra. Amoni mo'avi kusi n'sin chalal mamzer mitzrei domi shabo 
That is the question. Gemara responds, Hello, Kasha. This is not a challenge. Our Mishnah is in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Dustai, the son of Yehuda. He says that the daughters of Israel are like a purifying bath for the blemish of Chalalin, those who have this status that are excluded from Kuhuna. Let's see Rashi. The opinion of our Tana is, of, is, is in accordance with Rabbi Desai Ben Yehuda. Demla Kamana says later on, I am Zayin Aleph. The daughters of Israel are like a purifying bath for those of blemish lineage of Cholol status. The Bas Cholol Zachar, the daughter of a male Cholol, Ksher Lakuna, is eligible to marry a Kohen. Sheishto Tara Ezara, because his wife, who is not a Cholola, so we're not talking about a woman who has the same problem that her father was a Kohen and her mother was a Grusha, or father was Kohen Gadol and her mother was an Almana. That's different. But if the woman was a regular Jewish girl and the father was a Cholol of blemished Kohanic stock, so then the daughter of that marriage will be re-eligible to marry a Kohen. Hmm. According to this opinion. It is controversial, but according to Rabbi Dostoy ben Yehuda, they came to Bitok Sheira, Amnusok Sheira, and since the daughter is eligible, so his widow is also eligible. The Chol Shatanosa Bito Atanosa Because whoever is eligible to marry the daughter, his daughter, Cholol's daughter, would also be permitted to marry the widow of that Cholol. So this concept of Benos Yisrael being Mikvatar Chololim, says Rashi, is telling us that the daughter is reinstated, but that goes together with the widow also being eligible to marry Kohanim. Therefore, it's not actually within the father's capacity to invalidate his minor daughter from Kahuna. That's, that's an answer to maintain this difference between the Reisha and the Seifa. And if you ask for a question over there, meaning, okay, so he can't, we're, we're saying Ukimta that the author of this Mishnah is limited to Rabbi Dustoy ben Yehuda, and we feel satisfied with this, with this answer, that B'nos Yisrael Mikvatara, but why don't you say that he has the ability to just accept Kedushan and Gerushan, and therefore she's a Grusha now, and a Grusha is ineligible to marry a coin. Hasa mekun apasala, mitrumal apasala, so Rashi explains over here, in such a case, so yes, he does have a partial ability to prevent her from marrying a Kohen. However, he does not have the ability to prevent her from eating truma. So she could still have tithes. 
if she is herself the daughter of a coin. So if she was a Bas coin, then even if she becomes a Grusha, she could go back to her father's house. She's divorced, but she could go back to her father's house, assuming she has no children from the marriage, and continue to eat her truma like she used to. So that's not a full invalidation within the hands of the father. He could make her a Grusha, but he can't passel her from truma. But the concluding case of the Mishnah, where the father declared that his daughter was captive, and then he redeemed her, and therefore she'd have a, stuff, a status of suffix zona, invalid to kahuna. So there he has no ability to affect such a status, because the status of nishbis is suffix zona, and she's not eligible to consume truma. So he can invalidate her ability to marry a coin, but not eat truma if she is a bas coin. The Gemara is not satisfied. The father has the ability to marry her off to a mamzer. Rashi, the Kaimalon, and we established the halacha later on, some chesmon aleph, kedushin tovsin b'chayvelavin, that there is kedushin, meaning the father has the ability to accept kedushin for those unions that inc- include chayvelavin, so it is a prohibition. The prohibition has the status of a lav, and nonetheless, the father has the ability to affect such a marriage. And the father has the ability to make a deal with his son-in-law in a status of sin that tips him in a trumel. And she will actually be ineligible to consume trumel by such a union. If she marries the mamzer, she will not be eligible for trumel. So that brings us back to the question. Since he has a way of affecting the status, why don't we say that he's Namon, also in the Seifa, Al-Kopanim, if she's a Ketano. Kerebi Akiva. Umar answers that this is in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says, Kedushin is not binding, not effective, for Chai So, he's not able to affect such a marriage legally, it's not just prohibited, it doesn't work. So the father does not have the ability to affect such a status and confer upon his daughter the status of Zona by such a marriage. So therefore, that defends the position that we've stated. The difference between the Reisha and the Seifa is based on his ability. Meaning if you say there's no Tfisas Kedushim Mechavilavim, so he's not able to invalidate her ability to consume truma, had she been a bas coin. It is also within the ability of the father to marry her off as an almana to a coin gadol. This already is a little harder to present as terribly plausible. I mean, the Kohen Gadol is not necessarily interested in marrying this Grusha, and there aren't so many Kohen Gadolim running around. And they could say he could find a suitor for his daughter, 
maybe. But to say that, sure thing, he has the ability to marry her off to Kohen Gadol, I mean, I would hope most Kohanim Gadolim are not interested. So that's already a little harder of a sale to say to be Yado. But that is what Gemara is presenting now. Do we know, or do I'm going to ask at the end? No, please the, go. Do we know what the de- or he, I don't know what the definition of a mamzer is. Oh, mamzer comes from the contraction of mumzar, mumzaros, meaning that there's a blemish of a union of those that should be estranged from this relationship. So if there's, let's say, uh, a child born out of uh, either an incestuous relationship or uh, a woman who's married to another man, those parents should have been estranged in this manner, and they were not. So the child has a blemish that is a result Okay, so it doesn't have anything to do with, with, uh, uh, say, a forbidden marriage from between a Kohen and somebody else. It, it could be anybody. Any that is how for, we pass him. Any forbidden marriage or any forbidden union. Well, not the halacha. Not every forbidden union makes the progeny mamzerim. Okay, but the way you you formulated it would fit with Rabbi Kiva, but we don't pass him like that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so continuing in the Gemara. Rabbi Simai, and also in accordance with Rabbi Simai, Detanya Rabbi Simai Omer, as Rabbi Brisa, Rabbi Simai said, Min HaKol Oser Bikiva Mamzer, Rikiva, broadly, says that the status of Mamzer is formed from prohibited unions. Chut Except for the case of Amana Goin Golo. Shehare Amatara, Loikach, Loikhalo. The Torah says he shall not marry and not desecrate the progeny. Chilulim Osa, Veinos Mamzerim. You see, the implication is, even Rabbi Kiva agrees, that the resultant blemish is a blemish of Chalolim, of Chilulim, of desecration, but not Mamzerim does not have the general blemish of Mamzerim, which is a big difference. Cholol is allowed to marry into the Jewish people, and Mamzer is not. Karebi Yishovev da'amar bo m'savachalakiva ben Yosef. Like Rabbi Yishovev that said, let us come and uh, scream at Rabbi Akiva, Akiva ben Yosef, he calls him. Shahai Omer, that he would say, Kol that every case where he is not allowed to enter into Israel, the progeny would be a manzer. Let's see. Rashi. Ein kidushin tofsim chavilavin, ve'en bi'arav la'asiyah. Kona Rebikiva, you do not have tfisas kidushin, the Father cannot accept the marriage in general. The marriage cannot be binding legally by prohibited relationships that are of the nature of chiyuve lavin, of violations of prohibitions. A father only has the capacity to marry her off to someone that has tfisas kedushin. Hachi garcinon. 
It is within his hands, the father's hands, to marry a Rav as an Almana to a Kain Gadol. And like Rabbi Simai, if she is already an Almana, the father's been busy, she's now a minor and an Almana, she's a widow. Now, the father has the ability to marry her off to the high priest, even according to Rabbi Kiva. He, even though she is a Chiv Lab, Rabbi Kiva agrees in this unusual case that there will be Tfisas Kedushin by Almanat Kain Gadol, and it's not like his general stance. He says here where there's a status of Cholol by the progeny, it's not Amzeris. Again, this is all within Rabbi Kiva who is marginalized. We don't say that there's Mamzerus by Chavi Lavin in general, and we say there is Tfisas Kedushin. But again, we're trying to identify the Shita of our Mishnah, and we're proposing this, but we still have this unusual option, which, as we pointed out, is not such a great option, because who says the Kohen Gadol is going to be interested? It's a very small Shidduch market for him to marry <laughs> off his daughter who's been widowed to the Kohen Gadol. To say Zbiyado is quite surprising. U Kirby Simai, and like Kirby Simai, Dharma Menakol, Shehein Chave Lavin, Osurbikiva Vlad Mamzer, and in accordance with Rebbe Simai, who says, from all that are violations of the prohibitions, Rebbe Kiva makes the progeny, understands the progeny to have the blemish of Mamzerus, De Kasavra, Ein Kidushin Tovsim Chave Lavin, Chutz Mamalakon Gadol that there is no Tfisas Kedushin other than Amon al Gadol when it comes to Chayvei Lab. Sharei Amra Torah Amon because the Torah says the Kohen Gadol is not allowed to marry an Amon the implication of the verse Velo Yichala is that the consequence of this union will be that his children are desecrated from kahuna, ve'eno osa mamzeru, and does not make them have the status of mamzerus. Kimon de'ein avlad mamzer, shmamino, sirle kidu shintovsin, bechale lavin, de kahuna. So this indicates to us that according to Rabbi Kiva, since there is no mamzerus, his whole baseline position is not applicable. Meaning, if there's no Mamzeris, so then the, there is Tfisas Kedushin. Because he works the other way. Rabbi Kiva says there's no Tfisas Kedushin Mechavilavin because of Mamzeris. So over here, it's chal, they, they become Mechulalin. They're desecrated, but not Mamzerim. But there is Tfisas Kedushin. The Ein Kedushin Tov, Sun Havi Vlad Mamzik, Nanuk, Behikin, Kol Sheein, La Kedushin Lov, Havlad Mamzik. Kerebi Yishovev, like Rebbe Yishovev, Masnisin Kerebi Yishovev. I leave Rebbe Kiva clearly. We're presenting our Mishnah as representing the opinion, being in accordance with the opinion of Rebbe Yishovev, according to Rebbe Kiva. De'amar bov n'savcha al Kiva ben Yosef, who says, come, let us scream at Rebbe Kiva, Kiva ben Yosef, Shema b'tzol b'sro, that he is increasing those that are 
of blemish status among the Jewish people. Since Rabbi Kiva says all of these all these prohibitions, if they are violated, the children will have a status of mamzeres who are not allowed to enter into the Jewish people. So he has the, a broad understanding of Rabbi Kiva. So that would, if you, if you have no exception, so that would maintain the position that we've suggested to explain the Mishnah, the difference between the Rish and the Seifa, that the father has no ability to legally make his daughter into a zona or suffix zona, and that explains the difference. This goes well if he's presenting his own opinion. But if he's coming to exclude the position of Rabbi Simai, then you'd say he still has the ability to marry her off to not Chavilavim, but Chavilavim. So violations that are phrased in a positive way. Rashi, if he's saying, if he's saying his own position, he's not merely coming to argue the Rabbi to differentiate for the category of Chavi Lavin of Kehuna, but rather a generic statement, a generalized blanket statement, any prohibited uh, relationship, you will have the progeny of that relationship as Mamzerus, ineligible to enter into the Jewish people, and then we found a position that could explain our Mishnah. Because that which the father has the ability to affect a Kiddushin is only a legitimate Kiddushin that works. and Not, not that uh, is prohibited and doesn't work. And if the position of Rabbi Shovev is that there is no such thing, then there is no option for the father to marry his daughter off to anyone who will make her status through that relationship into status of zona. But if Rabbi Shovev is coming to exclude the position of Rabbi Simai, if he's coming to exclude Rabbi Simai and not present a broad opinion, so then you still have the ability of the father to marry her off to Chayve Asay. So the prohibitions phrase in a positive way, like Mitzredomi within the first generations. So there he would say Kedushin Tovsin Loba. If he's not saying a super broad statement, then there would be Tvisa's Kedushin. The father would have the ability to marry her off to a convert who's Egyptian, of Egyptian origin, 
or Edom, Edomite origin, and still is prohibited, but not as a love, so then it would be beyond Lasilahem, Vein Mechalanosa, Mitchrumomunakamuna, Gilakamon. And such a marriage would invalidate her both from Truma, which is what we're focused on over here, as well as Kahuna. And therefore, by having the power to make such a marriage, the question would come back, why should he not be believed? If he has the ability to affect the same status, legally. Back to the Gemara. Omar Ravashi, that's the first wide line. Ravashi says, V'tizbra, let us consider. Reisha, Mishom, Dibiyadohu. So, so just to summarize, we have carved out a possibility. It is not certain, but it's a possibility. According to Rabbi Shove, if he's understood in a maximalist way, then we've identified a position that's compatible with our Mishnah as we explained it. But it's fairly shaky ground. Now Ravashi is addressing. Tizra, let us consider. Reisha Mishum Dibiyadohu. The beginning part of the Mishnah is because it's in his hands. Nehi Dibiyadolakacha. Granted, he's able. The father is able to affect Kiddushin. But is he able to affect Gerushin? Meaning, let's examine the whole premise of how we've been evaluating the Mishnah that the father has the ability, how much ability do, does he really have? So say that he can accept Kedushin, he'll find a suitor for her, but who says that his son-in-law is going to want to divorce his wife? The Odin further, Ilu Amar, Haid Lonicha Begava, Mi Matzin Kadish Nele Balkarche. And further, if this one says, that he is not interested, is he able to force her, force his prospective groom to give Kedushin against his will? Meaning, not only are we attacking the premise that he can affect Gerushin, but even the Kedushin. He's got to have a willing counterparty. Ella, Amr of Ashi, rather of Ashi asserts, Reisha Rahmona Hemne. In the first part of the Mishnah, the Torah confers believability to the Father. Kiravhuna. As Ravhuna taught, Amr Ravhuna, Amr Rav, in the name of Rav, Minayla Av Shinaman, Lazarus Bito, Torah. Where do we know that the Father is believed to prohibit his daughter from the Torah? Shinaman, as the verse states, Esbiti Nosati Lish Hazet. I've given over my daughter, to this man, Le'ish, Asra. And the Torah says, Le'ish, so he has made this declaration, that he's given over his daughter in marriage to this to a man, which confers a status of Eishazish, she's married. Hazet, when he says this man, or he has conferred permission to that person, he is believed, and he says Hazet, so that man is permitted to marry her, to actually live as married with her, He's, the father is believed on two accounts, to prohibit her to the world, and that he is believed to say that this man is actually the husband of his daughter. So that's Hemner Chamona, that is what the Torah has believed, 
has conferred that believability to the Father. It's Xer But there is no such trasha, there's no limud for a shvuya if she's captive. The Torah does not tell us that the Father is believed for such a thing. So that is another understanding, the way Rav Ashi is presenting our Mishnah. Totally different light, not a matter of biyodo, but based on a drasha, not because it's within his hands, which we, in order to maintain that position, had to have a very limited idea of who the author of the Mishnah was. This is another mahalach that is much broader. Rav Ashi is saying that it's exer sakasov, it's a drasha, where the father is believed concerning his daughter, and that does not extend to saying that she was captive, that the Torah does not present any namonis for the father on that account. Let's see Rashi. Dizbra. The Haishinui Ba'el, Shinui Hu, Tamadereisha Mishnuam Dibiyadahu, and Hidibiyadah Kabel Kedushin Mish, Shabalakacha. That which we explain, a Mahalach in the Mishnah. Ravashi is examining it critically. He says, granted that it's within the father's hands to accept Kedushin from a man that wants to marry his daughter. The first objection was, but who says that the son-in-law is now going to want to divorce his wife? And now moving on, on the next point, the Kadsha, and that's even if he finds a willing groom, but who says he'll find a willing groom? So he says a different Mahalach, Leish Asra. The Torah says, Espiti Nasati, Leish Hazeh. Leish, when he says to a man, confers upon her the status of Ashes Ish, he's prohibited. Al Hakol, to everybody. Sheenon Yodin, Lemi. The Torah says he's believed when he says Leish. Until we know who the groom is, we don't have. Anybody is permitted. Everybody is prohibited. And when he says it's this man that accepted Kedushin for his daughter, then that man is per- permitted to this woman. For the purposes of marriage, he is believed, the father. If she is a Nara or Ktana, so under 12 is Ktana, 12 to 12 and a half is Nara. Avo bibogeres, but once she's past twelve and a half, she's fully considered an adult. Lo mishtoi kro. That's not what the verse is talking about. The context is nara. So nara includes katano, but once she's a bogeres, that is no longer within his capacity. Hilkach lo mehemen mishagodla. Therefore, that explains why, if he's telling us this story after she's already a bogeres, then that's the end, it's beyond his capacity to be believed as described in the Torah, and therefore, she will not have a status of being kuhuna. And whether she's a minor or an adult, by a claim that she was captive, the Torah never presents that the father is believed, and therefore, her status is not affected by this claim. Ha'ara, to point out, is that if you look in the beginning, in Hilchus Ishus, Perg Dalit, 
Rocha Aleph. The Ramam says, Eino Isha Miskadeshes Elleritsona, the Makadish Isha Balkorcha Eino Mikadeshes. A woman must have, we're talking about when she's able to affect Kedushan on her own, Naira or Bogaris, it must be with her consent, not against her will. Aval Haish, but the man, She'an Suhu, that was forced, Ad Shekidesh, Balkorcha, so they call shotgun wedding. He was forced into this. Harezu Mikdashis. Mazatov, she's married. He's married. They are a happy or unhappy new couple. And Ramam says they're married. Now, that seems to be a little bit against what Ravashi said. Ravashi said, if hi de lo nicha begavo mi matimikashnare could you be Makadish against her? Uh, could you make the husband, the groom, be Makadish, give Kiddushin for the, the daughter against his will? That's what Ravashi said. Now, according to Raman, the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> so, the, it's a little bit of a surprise. right? The, the, it, it seems like this is the uh, concluding stage of this Gemara that is presenting this Mishnah in a new light that's much broader. Could be it means like practically. Maybe it means practically. Maybe it means practically, but it's certainly what we said earlier about marrying her off to Kongado was not so practical. Right. And yet we presented that as a possibility. Now if you could beat the Kongado to a pulp till he says, Okay, I'll marry her, then it's Biado. He could maybe affect a shotgun wedding for the Kongado with his daughter the Almana, the, the widow. Maybe, but uh, Ravashi seems to be saying that it cannot be Balkorche. And the Raman would say, yes. You could say that it just means it's not a hard kasha, just unlikely. But if it is possible to affect, to, to force him into a valid kedushin, so, so that is a little bit of a, a rub against the, the psak of the Raman here. It's uh, what to think about. Let's continue. Mishnah. Someone who declared at the time of his death, I have sons. He is believed. If at the time of his death he says, I have brothers, he is not believed. Hmm. See Rashi. I have sons. And the consequence of this declaration that he has sons is that his wife is not going to be bound to her brother-in-law to either Nidhibum or Chalitza and she'll be free to remarry as a widow. If he declares at the time of his death, before he dies, he says, I have brothers, and his wife is, the import of that declaration is that his wife, after he dies, will be connected to the Yavon, to his brother. This is at a left field. She never heard about her long-lost brother-in-law. She's shocked. Her husband's on his deathbed and says, by the way, 
I have a brother. Hmm. And now she's going to be a skukal yavam. So that's a surprise. In such a case, Eino Namon, he is not believed. So to say that he has sons or that he has brothers has an opposite impact on his soon-to-be widow and the sons, he's believed, to say she will not be skukal yavam. Brothers, to say that she will be, ain't on Amon. Let's see the Gemara. Alma, Namon lahativ, Sounds like he's believed to permit his widow to absolve her from any restriction, but he is not believed, ain't on Amon to restrict her, to bind her to his brother as a Yavama. Namamas nisan to look Rabbi Nasan. Say that our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Nasan. Ditanya, Rabbi Nasan of this Brisa. Mishas Kedushin, Amar Yesh Labanin. If at the time of Kedushin, the husband said, I have sons. Mishas Misa Amar Ein Labanin. And then, at the time of his death, he changed his tune. He says, actually, I didn't have any sons. Or I don't have any sons. Bishas Kedushin, or a similar case. At the time of Kedushin, Amar, Ein Achim, he said he had no brothers. Bishas Misa, Amar, Yesh Achim, at the time of his deathbed, he's saying, in fact, he does have brothers. So, Neman Lahati, Ve'ein, Neman Lasser, Divi Rebbe. Rebbe says that he's eligible, he's believed to confer a status of permitted for his soon-to-be widow, but he is not permitted to alter her status based on his new claim to say she will be prohibited. That's Rebbe's opinion. Rebbe Nassan on but Rebbe Nassan disagrees. Af Namon Lasser that the husband has full believability on his deathbed, whatever he's saying, he is believed, even to Aser. So even though it's a surprise, and his new claim is going to require her to be Zkuka Liavam, that she'll not be free to marry as a widow, she'll have to address this issue, maybe marry her brother-in-law or to Chalitza. But Rabbi Nassim says, so what? That is within the we believe this man on his deathbed even to restrict this woman. Amar Rava. So Rava answers this. We suggested again that our Mishnah is like Rebbe and against Rebbe Nasan. Rava says, Shani awesome. That's over, over that case is different. Kevan de Bishas Misa Kahadabe. Because at the time of his death, he was changing his mind. In the case of the Brisa, unlike in the case of the Mishnah, claims Rava, the fundamental difference between them is that in the Brisa, he's backtracking against what he said at the time of the marriage. And therefore, he should be believed. Say that he is telling the truth. Let's see Rashi. Bishas Kidushin Amar Yeshlibanim. At the time of the marriage, this is the Brisa. He said, I have sons. Kidesh Lotidog Minayibum. Tisrasilo. 
It's called Shas Kedushin, but it sounds like it's a, a few moments before they're actually going under the chuppah because he's trying to convince her to marry him. And he doesn't want her to be afraid. What happens if he dies and she doesn't want to be stuck with Yibum? She's afraid of that. However, when he actually did the Kedushin, he didn't say that it's on condition that this is true. He just made the assertion. He says, don't worry, there's no concern for Yibum. My family situation precludes any restrictions of Yibum. Don't worry, if I die, I'll just be an Almana. But he didn't say that that's conditional in the marriage. At the time of the marriage, he says he has no brothers. Therefore, she has nothing to fear. Come on, let's get married. Why? Because I don't have brothers. So even if I die, again, you'll be a free woman to marry as a widow without being concerned about Yibo. He is believed to permit, as the opinion of Rebbe, that which he declared at the time of the wedding, to say that she is not going to be subject to Yibum. He has believed for that. And that which he said on his deathbed, by the way, you're not going to be the free widow, a widow I told you, right before you agreed to marry me, before we ran to the chuppah. Mm. No, actually, I didn't have children. I do have brothers. You are Skuka Liavum. Shema Yisrael. Okay. So, shiny Hassam, there is different. Since he changed his mind from his first declaration, that which he's saying at the time of his death is true. He doesn't want this sin. He's about to die. He's busy saying vidui. And he doesn't want this sin on him. That he was trying to convince this girl to marry him. And she's like, oh, but what about Yibum? I don't want to be stuck with Yibum. She says, no, don't worry, I don't have brothers. I have sons from another marriage. Don't worry about it. No Yibum. You don't have to worry about that. Right. So he was just trying to convince her to marry him at that point. But now in his deathbed, he's going to the world of truth. He does not want her to go and get remarried without doing Yibum or Chalitza. Hmm. So now he's telling the truth. <clears throat> he has no interest in having this sin around his neck. But in the Mishnah, there was no history, no reversal. At the time of the marriage, he didn't say that he doesn't have brothers. We assume that now that he's telling us something against the common knowledge, common knowledge is not what he's declaring. It's suddenly on his deathbed. Really? Wow, such a surprise. So he's not believed. And when he's, he's not undoing what he made, the, the original declaration at the time of Kedushin, we will impugn ill motives to this declaration that he is just trying to bother her, to make her subject to this restriction of Zika, and really the Chazaka, the presumption that she is not subject to Yibum or Chalitza, Prevails. Back to the Gemara. Omar le Abaye. Abaye responds to Rava in his assessment. 
how to put together the Mishnah and the Braisa. Lav Kolikinu. Isn't it all the more so going to be the case? Hashta. Now, Uma Hasa, Taka, Marle, Lidiburi, Amit Kushta Kamar. In the case of the Braisa, where he is contradicting his initial statement, which obviously sometime he's lying here. There's, there is some statement that is not true. And you say he is believed. In the case of the Mishnah, where it's just on his deathbed, he's telling something new. He never, we don't have any proof that he lied in his life. And he's on his deathbed. All the more so you should believe him. If you believe him there, when he was lying one place or the other, so now, in the case of the Mishnah, you should certainly believe him. And therefore, Abai does not agree with Rava's interpretation. Allah Amr Abaye, rather Abaye says, Masnisin The case of the Mishnah is that there was no prior presumption of his status. And no no prior status of brothers or children. And in that case, a Mishnah, when there's no prior presumption of status, of him having sons or brothers, he's not going against the Chazaka. There's no gasp from the crowd. Nobody knows. There's no Chazaka. So when he says he has sons, he's believed. When he says that he has brothers, he is not believed. He is not empowered by his declaration to prohibit her to the whole world. Let's see Rashi. This man, at the time of his death, there is no presumption that he has brothers or children. And this woman is in a presumed status that she's not subject to Yibum because of his declaration under the Chuppah. When he says on his deathbed that he has sons, so he's establishing her on the initial presumption. That's why he's believed. If somebody comes forward and says he's a brother afterwards, the Amar. It is my brother who died. I am his brother. He does not have the ability to have a statement affect her status. If he said, I have brothers, and I do not have sons, he does not have the ability on his deathbed to change her status and make her now 
subject to zika to, to require either yibum or chalitza, he can't do that now. That's in the Mishnah. Right, let's see again. Amr Abai Masnisan de lo muhsiklan ba'achi, velo muhsiklan bibani. Abai says, trying to explain the Mishnah and the Braisa differently than Rava. And he says, what's going on in the Mishnah? When in the Mishnah we said that he's believed to give her status of being permitted, not restricted by Yibun, but not believed to restrict her, what's the backdrop of that case? There is no chazaka of achin and no chazaka of banim, of having brothers or having children. Since there is no presumption, in such a case, when he says he has sons, he is believed. But to create a status where we know of no brothers, and he says he does, so he is not believed. He does not have the power to prohibit her on the whole world by saying he has a brother when we know of no such brother. That's the Mishnah. Brisa, what is the backdrop of the Brisa? That there is a Chazaka that he has brothers, but there is no Chazaka that he has sons. That we say, why should he lie? Why should I lie? It's a type of Migu, a strong Migu. Let's see Rashi. The Bryce is talking about where the person, the backdrop is that there is a presumption that he has brothers. We don't actually have witnesses. If we have witnesses, there'd be nothing to talk about because the witnesses would obviously win. But there is a chazaka. There is a presumption. People think that this is the case without any witnesses to substantiate it, that he has brothers. We heard he had brothers before the Kiddushin. And when, at the time of Kiddushin, he comes out and says, I have sons and I don't have brothers, if not for the fact that he would have changed his tune, reneged, at the time of his death, we would believe him. Why? Because we say, Mali Why would he lie? Why would he go to the trouble to make this claim about his status against the presumption that people have? There's Chazaka that people have of his status. Why would he go against that if it weren't true? My comma, what is he trying to achieve? Lemiftra, miyavo. He's trying to pater, to exempt her from the, the, the possibility of Yibum, as we saw earlier, that he's trying to convince her to get married. My comma, Rashi says, What is he gaining with this declaration? There are gasps in the crowd. 
when he makes this declaration against the presumption, so why is he doing it? If his whole purpose is to convince her to marry him, to say she doesn't have to worry about Yibum, so this is a, an expensive way of doing it, so to speak. It's, it's a controversial way of doing it. He could just say, without rocking the boat about the status, his family status, he could just say, I can give you a get from when I'm alive, right before I die. And therefore, you will not be subject to Yibum. You're worried about Yibum? I can give you a get, no problem, without pushing back on the presumed status of his family. In such a case, when he backtracks and changes his mind at the time of his death, that is where we have a machlokas between Rebbe and Rebbe Nasan. Again, in the Gemara, my kamar, what's he coming to do? He's coming to absolve her from any connection to the Yavam. He could have said more easily that I will divorce you in a manner that you can enter into this marriage without fear of Yibum. And therefore, there's a malalashakeh. There's a believability to his claim that is going against the grain of the presumption of the status of his family condition. He has another way of doing it. It would be easier. So believe him when he says this. Rebbe is the one who says that the status of malalashakeh, this type of migu, strong migu, is like witnesses. And these witnesses, there's are pseudo-witnesses, it's not true witnesses, it's based on that he was willing to make this claim that sent up a guest from the crowd, so that it, it obliterates the chazaka, the presumed status prior. Rabbi Nason Sava, ki chazaka dami. And Rabbi Nason understands Ma'alei Shakir is actually weaker than that. It's not like Edim. It is itself like a Chazaka. And therefore, the Chazaka that he creates when he changes the status based on the presumption before the wedding, that Chazaka does not entirely uproot the previous Chazaka of what was presumed prior. Let's see Rashi to explain. Rabbi Sava Ma'alei Rebbe holds that the claim that is going against the presumption that he's declaring at the time of the marriage, it is as though there are witnesses coming concerning this matter. And he's uprooted the chazaka to have because the presumed status before he opened up his mouth was that he had brothers without sons. And now, after he's made this declaration, he's taken her away from that status, and she is now no longer subject to Zika. She's not going to be subject to Yibum in the event that the groom dies. And now, when he comes later, at the time of his death, since that original step he took was a knockout, it was a mile of the shakir, so it's like Adim, when he comes later to resubject her 
to the original status, it doesn't have that strength, and therefore he is not believed. And as Rabbi says, he can only absolve from any restriction, but he cannot restrict her. Rabbi Nassim disagrees. Rabbi Nassim says, The new presumption that the groom creates when he makes a claim against the common knowledge, again, not based on witnesses, but just people have heard, when the groom goes against that, it creates a ma'alila shakir. It is a, a more uh, shocking way of achieving this goal than necessary, of trying to prevent her from needing that to be skukaliyavon. But it does not totally uproot the prior presumption. That she was in that status before kedushin, where she was initially subject to evil. And that was what he was trying to address. To establish, establish her in the presumed status that she is not subject to Yibum, to invalidate his words at the time of his death. Nonetheless, Rabbi Nassan does say that if he did not renege at the time of his death, have a we would still believe his claim, meaning there was a presumption before they went to the Chopah that she's subject to Yibum. And now he says, no, there's no Yibum. There will be no Yibum, even if I die. If he doesn't change his mind on his deathbed, so the new Chazaka that he created does overpower the previous presumption that was not with Adim, that there would be Yibum. Even though he doesn't view it as Adim to totally obliterate the previous status, it still does weaken it. And all the while, there's no clear proof that his original statement at the time of the Chopah, that she's not subject to Yibum, is not proven false. Mehemen, he is believed. Because of a different presumption that a person would not sin without a gain. Why sin for nothing? And if he really did have brothers, and when he said under the Chopah that he didn't, now on his deathbed, to keep his mouth shut is sinning without any reason. There's nothing to gain from it. So the status without changing his mind at, the, at his deathbed is that we would rely on his claim that he issued at the time of the chuppah to absolve her from any connection, no, no shash of, of zika, that she would not be subject to Yibam at all. Even though, Rabbi Nelson says, it, his new assertion against the chazaka does not obliterate it. The Ma'ali Lashakir is not like Adim, but still, if he doesn't change his tune, it would be believed. It weakens the previous status. And again, the new presumption that Edan Chotavalolo, person wouldn't sin without gain, tells us that if nothing changes, we will rely on his statement that did uproot partially, not entirely, but it weakened the previous status. And he should have corrected himself at the time of death if he was actually lying at the time of the Chopah. Let's see the Mishnah. If somebody 
marries off his daughter without clarifying. The daughters that are already adults are not included. They're not going to be subject to a restriction of being married. Somebody who has two sets of daughters from two women. And he said, I married off my older daughter. And I'm not sure. Is it the oldest of the oldest? Or was it the oldest daughter from the younger set? Or was it the younger daughter of the older set? That she is, other than the oldest, the actual oldest, she is the oldest one of the more junior daughters. So there are four possibilities of who he could have meant, and he's not sure. All of them are now restricted with a status of Sophic Mikudeshes. Maybe they're married. Other than the youngest of the youngest set. Because certainly that when he said the Kidash Tisbiti Hagdola, he could not have meant her. She is the youngest of the youngest. That's Rabbi Meir's opinion. Rabbi Yossi disagrees. He says instead of including all of these possibilities, the three girls in, in this scenario, as being possibly identified as the oldest, the, to the contrary, the, they're all permitted, other than the oldest of the oldest, meaning the actual oldest. We're not going to be concerned that the next one down is the oldest of the younger girls, or the next one down after <clears throat> that is the oldest of the second set. Well, according to Rabbi Yotzi, the, there's that's not a chashash, we're not concerned about that, and only the oldest of the oldest will be married. In a parallel case, if the father says, accepted Kedushin for my younger daughter, but slipped my mind, I'm not sure. Who did I mean? Who, did I, who was I talking about? Was it the youngest of the youngest? Again, the man has two wives and two sets of daughters from these wives. Did he mean the youngest of the youngest set? Or the youngest of the older girls? from the, the first wife, let's say, or did he mean the older daughter of the second set, which is the Iktana, Shebiktana Shebikdolos, I mean, that is also a, a way of referring to a, a younger daughter. Kulanasurus all of these girls are potentially called the younger daughter, other than the actual oldest of the oldest girls. David Rebbe Meir. Again, this is parallel to the first case. Rebbe Meir's assertion, just in the reverse. Before he said, the oldest could have various interpretations, and therefore all of those possibilities are restricted. All of those girls are suffix mikudoshos. Here also, whoever the youngest or younger one could be also three cases other than the 
oldest of the oldest, and only that one is not subject. The other three are subject to suffering kudoshos. Rabbi Yossi says, again, parallel to his first opinion, that they are all permitted, meaning the fact that he doesn't remember doesn't disturb us. When he says, I married off my younger daughter, he means specifically the youngest of the youngest. And all the other three, uh, not only the oldest of the oldest, but the two in the middle, according to Rabbi Yossi, are also permitted, meaning not considered in doubt, maybe they're married up. <clears throat> the Gemara says, Bafilu, <laughs> Rashi says, And even if there are two daughters who are younger, and we're not sure who they are, so what we're trying to prove from this, that the, the Mishnah is talking about ketanos, multiple sisters that are potentially identified as the younger. Uh, back to the beginning of the Mishnah. Mekadosh has bito stam. Ein habogros bechlau. So if he married off his daughter without clarifying who she, which daughter, the older daughters are not included. But who are included? The Ketanos. Shmasmino, Kedushin, Shames from Labia, have a Kedushin. This indicates to us that even though the Kedushin is not eligible for consummation, nonetheless, there is a status of Suffolk Kedushin. So that would indicate that it is a valid Kedushin, even if it's not eligible for consummation. Rashi explains. Even though there are multiple daughters that are of minor age, we don't know who he meant when he just was Mekadoshes Bito Stam. The older ones are not included in this doubt, but the minor ones, it implied, are included. And there's no possibility of consummation of this marriage. Why? Each one of those daughters, the groom cannot marry in actuality because. Each one is a doubt. Maybe it's his wife's sister. He doesn't know which one. One of them is his wife. One of them is his wife's sister. Nonetheless, We don't say since it's Kedushin, that there's no possibility of consummation. Therefore, there's no Kedushin. No, there is still Kedushin. And each one of these daughters needs a get from this man in spite of this inability to consummate the marriage. So the Gemara pushes back. You can't really prove that from this Mishnah. What are we talking about over here? When there's only a, a one Bogaris, one Gedola, and one Ketano. But the Mishnah says in a plural that if he married her off, so the adult daughters are not subject to this question of their status. My Bogros. So it's hard to say that he has one daughter that's an adult and one that's a minor. It says adult daughters. Bogros da Alma. We're saying in a general sense, Bogros are not subject to this doubt. Pshita Bogros my Avidutayo Pshita Rashi says 
the kivan de ein sham ela gedolo ktana, vigdolo enum kadeshes ktana kadeshes. If he only has two daughters, so obviously when he's marrying her off, and he he says that the older daughters, the ones who are are already adults, are not included, and that just means in general. But the case specifically is where he has one girl that's a bogeris and one is a katano, so then there's no Shiloh. Pshita, it's obvious. If there's only one adult and one minor daughter, the adult is not married, and the younger one is married. What does the father have jurisdiction over his adult daughter to marry her off? So it's obvious. What are we talking about in this Mishnah? That the older daughter, yes, he had two daughters, but the older daughter said, I'm appointing you, my father, to be my messenger and my agent to accept Kedushan on my behalf. The Abibito, Rashi says, Bogeres, I amret bishlomo, bidika tuvo, itzrachashminon, mishum, diuka, dideik, hawk, tanus bechlal, the member of the Kedushan, she'en mishum lebia, have a Kedushan, el hashta, lo iu itzrach, lo diuka dideik. By saying that the mission is talking about this case, so we've avoided the implication that Kedushan, that's not mishum lebia, is still Kedushan. And she, the, the Bogaris made her her father a an agent, and that's why there's still relevance to say that the the Suffolk Kedushin that, that we we do not include the older daughter in the equation. We'll say that he did not accept Kedushin for her, and then we'll by default know that he did accept Kedushin for his daughter, who's a minor. Ma'adutema. What would I thought to say? That when he's accepting Kedushin, that it is on her behalf. The intent of here is to teach you that a person will not forego something that he gains and in, engage in, in some transaction where he gains nothing by his older daughter. So she is the one who received the ring. And by his younger daughter, he gets to keep the ring. But is the Mishnah so restricted? It just says, and now we're superimposing on that, that in spite of the older daughter appointing her father as, a, as a, an agent to accept Kedushin, that his older daughter is not included, and by default we will assume that the younger daughter, who is a minor, is married. Once you're saying that, why doesn't it include a case where the older daughter says, not only you're my agent to marry me off, but you can keep the ring too. The Gemara concludes, nonetheless, a person will not give up a mitzvah that falls upon him, he has an obligation personally to marry off his daughter, who's a minor still, and instead engage in a mitzvah that is not his mitzvah, it's not his personal obligation. Once his daughter is a bulgaris, so it's her mitzvah to be makabal kedushin, 
And yes, he could be her agent. And yes, he could even keep the ring if she so empowers him to accept the ring on her behalf and to keep it. But still, the presumption is that the older daughter is not married and the younger daughter is because he has a misfa towards the younger daughter to accept Kedushin for her, to marry her off. And once she's a Bulgaris, the older daughter, she's already an adult, so it's her own mitzvah, and he will do the mitzvah that falls upon him, not the mitzvah that falls upon her. Now, the Ramam writes in Isha's Per Gimel, Halachia even though the father has the authority to marry off his daughter as a minor, as well as once she's in this in-between stage, between 12, 12 and a half, the whole Mishirza, he can choose the groom who he wants as a son-in-law. Still, it is not fitting to do so. Rather, the command of the sages is that a man should not accept Kiddushin and effect a marriage for his daughter while she is a minor. Until she gets older and says, I want to marry so-and-so. She should be party to this marriage. She's going to be the wife and mother here, so she should say she wants to marry this bocher. That's the mitzvah's chachamim. Now, the Ramam over here says rishus, doesn't say mitzvah, and to the contrary, we have a mitzvah's chachamim, that he should not accept kedushin for his minor daughter until she gets older and says that she wants to marry someone specific. So how does that fit with our Gemara? Our Gemara says the whole Chiddush of this first part of the Mishnah is that even though he's going to receive the same amount of money by engaging in this Kiddushin for the, the girl who's already an adult versus the girl who's a minor, still he's presumed to be accepting the Kiddushin on behalf of his younger daughter who's still a minor because that's called his mitzvah as opposed to when she's an adult, it's her mitzvah. How does that fit with this Ramam? The Efsher, the Ramam saying that he should not marry her off, while she's a minor, until she gets older, doesn't mean until she gets older and becomes a Bulgaris, but just says, that she's old enough to have determined that she wants to marry a particular man. <clears throat> but not to say that he should not marry her off when she is still a minor, he just should not marry her off without her interest in this particular marriage. So, so that would be compatible uh, with what the Gemara is saying over here. Uh, it's a look beyond Dafyomi over here, but at face value, it seems to be a bit of a strain how to read the Ramam with this part of the Gemara. After the two dots, second wide line, someone who has two sets of daughters, next part of the Mishnah, and it is necessary, and we had two sets, where the guy didn't remember, the father didn't remember which daughter he married off. One time he said the younger, one time he said the older, and Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi each stick to their guns. Why is it necessary to flesh out these two different but very parallel cases? If I would have only said the first case, but how come Rebbeim? In the first case, when he says Kidash Tzbiti Hagdola, I married off my older daughter, but he doesn't remember who, which one. So in that case, come Rebbeim, 
That's where Rabbi Meir says that he has a broad net. He's not sure who's the older daughter. Dika Zutramina, because there are younger ones than her. So other than the youngest, the fourth daughter, they all have a possibility of being the older daughter. So he will call each one of those three the older daughter. But in the parallel case, when he married off the, the youngest or younger, perhaps Rabbi Meir would agree to Rabbi Yossi that the clear implication would be the youngest. That the way of referring to a daughter who's the younger one would specifically be the youngest. And if it would have, the case would have been only been given by Ketana instead of Gedola, I would have said that that's where Biosi says that we assume that it's only one girl, the youngest, who's subject to this status of married, of, of Kedushin, but in the case of Gedola, I would have said Rabbi Yossi perhaps agrees to Rimeir that the broader net could be cast and perhaps there are three girls that could qualify as the older daughter. Kamash Mulan, therefore, we need to teach you both for Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi, both cases. Rashi speaks out this predilection, why he would be inclined to refer to the older daughters, all of them as older, as long as they're not the youngest. It is a praise for the man, to refer to his daughter as the older one, if there's a younger one. Interesting phenomenon that it's a praise for the man, meaning why would he be inclined to do that? That somehow is more covet, it seems. For him to say she's an older daughter, uh, as long as she has younger daughters, uh, younger sisters, uh, or even one younger sister, he'll call her the older daughter. So this indicates to us that Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that a person will put himself into a case of doubt, meaning the guy made a claim, he made Kedushin, he doesn't remember, and he could put himself into a case of doubt. And Rabbi says that a person will not place himself into a doubt. But we have the opposite teaching from a Mishnah, pitting Rabbi Meir and Rabbi in opposite roles. If somebody takes a nether, restricting themselves from something, let's say like wine, until Pesach, is prohibited until it comes. So when he says, at a Pesach, it's until the onset of Pesach. Ad she Pesach, if he says, until Pesach shall be, also ad she Then it's the prohibition, the restriction of the nether, continues until the end of Pesach. Ad Pnei Pesach, if the nether was taken until before Pesach, Rabbi Meir Omer, also ad she Rabbi Meir says, the prohibition is until Pesach comes. Rabbi Yossi says stringently that before Pesach is more vague and each day is still 
of Pesach is before the last day of Pesach, so he has to wait until Pesach concludes. So you see that he's putting himself in this vague terminology, corner Yossi, that will expand the restriction. And Rabbi Meir is the one who says, no, that it only goes until what's clear. And he's not putting himself into a situation that's vague. Amar Rabbi Hanina bar avdimi, Amar Rav, Mukhlef ashita, switch it out, enachanami. You should switch it out. Batanian, we have a brysa supporting this switch. Zaklo, this is the general rule. Kol shazmanu kavua, anything that the time is fixed. Ba'amar ad pnei, and he says until before. Rabbi Meir Omer ad sheyetzi. Rabbi Meir is the one who says that there's a broader suffix. He's putting himself into a dap before means he has to be concerned each day is going to be included in the suffix. Rabbi Yossi Omer ad shegiyan. Rabbi Yossi says no. The prohibition exp- it expires once the beginning of that time comes, that's Zmano Kavua, meaning to frame the previous discussion of Pesach. And once Pesach comes, Rabbi Yossi says he didn't put himself in a suffix, and as soon as Pesach comes, it's no longer considered Ad Pnei. This Brisa is switching the identities of the previous Shitas to be in accord with our Sugya, where Rabbi Meir says the person does put himself into a suffix, and Rabbi Yossi says, no, he doesn't, and it's a specific case. 